DJ and PK, it is time to welcome in David Locke for his weekly visit. David is on the Smart Rain guest line. Utah will be in a drought next summer. Smart Rain knows that 2022 budget planning for most businesses is already underway. Take advantage of the Save Now, Pay Later promotion and do your part by saving water while saving money. Check out Best of State Award winner Smart Rain at smartrain.net. And David Locke's weekly interview is brought to you by the Murdoch Auto Team. David, good morning. David James, what a pleasure yep. to talk to you this morning. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm great. Gosh, it's just a great thing on a, every Friday to know that I have a lifelong friend. Well, not lifelong. Majority of my lifelong to friend to talk to. It just makes me happy. We have known each other for a little more than a quarter of a century. We're getting old. But PK is frozen in time. Have you done the, um, I'm sure you've done this, have you done the whole game where you realize you suddenly lived more years in Utah than any other location? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I did. Did that a while ago. <laughs> like I, ju- I think I just crossed over because I had the, I left, right? So I just, yeah, I have 18 yeah. years in the Bay Area, four years in L.A., and then I have like eight years in um Seattle or whatever it was, and I have 19 here. So I've crossed over. I'm a Utahan. Later, later on, I'll do the math and try to figure out how old you are. All right, David, let's get I'm, right I'm, to the... I'm 51 and completely comfortable. No, I'm not, actually. That would be a okay, lie. Good. <laughs> okay, good. All right, let's, let's get right to it. The preseason is in the books. What do you know now that you didn't know when the preseason started? What did you learn over four games and uh, traveling to Texas? I actually think the most important thing is the state of the veterans. I know we want to talk about Jared Butler, and you're going to want to take me there, and everyone's going to want to talk about the young kids. But to me, the most important thing is the state of the veterans. And what I mean by that is that you have – I think you had a chance that guys could have been in a not great place. And two playoff – I don't know what you want to call them – you know, collapses, failures, you know, free fall, whatever. Those weren't good, right? You're up on the Nuggets, you're up on the Clippers, and you lose both series in pretty, pretty, you know, scary ways. And and so I thought there was a real chance you could have some internal scars you had to free up. And if they did, I didn't feel them on content day when we met with the guys, and I certainly didn't see it all on the floor. In fact, I saw the opposite. I saw in the preseason – Jordan Clarkson and Donovan Mitchell particularly making an incredible effort to guard the ball. And those could have been the same efforts. You know, that, again, same thing. Very easily could have been, you know what, Fred, I got it. We got to contain the ball. I'll do it in the regular season. Um, I saw Clarkson pushing the tempo at a much accelerated rate. And then even hearing him say, well, I want Jared Butler to see what they were doing. So I, I thought, and I think the, the training camp, period's been managed very well by the coaching staff. The first part was really a come back together, get together, almost recreate the bubble and address this issue of like, where are we mentally as a group? And then part two was let's go play and now let's get ready for the regular season. So I really think that from the coaching staff did a wonderful job, but I'm really impressed by where the veterans are. And frankly, that's what matters. Like the Jared Butler, Elijah Hughes, all those conversations we can have. Trent Forrest played very well before his concussion. They're cute. But the reality is the, the nine guys are going to play all the time are the ones that matter. Not that it matters that much, but how did they come up with a – 
preseason schedule where some teams played five and six games and other teams played maybe only three or four? Patrick Kinahan. Yes. I might be for the first time ever in my life disappointed. First time. I mean, really very first time. But not the last time. No, probably. I mean, knowing the track record, it's been like 20 years. I've taken one. So, yeah, maybe the last time, probably. I mean, chances are one of them. Like, you know. Um, I just was curious about this. What do you think the answer is? You know. I don't know. No, I have no idea. Jerry McGuire! I'm a Sun Devil then. I went to Arizona State. Show me the money. <laughs> Show me the money. <laughs> Is it as simple as there's a maximum number of games they're allowed to play and some teams are like, our guys need time off. It was a short off season. We had Olympians. We had a long playoff run. The playoffs fell later. Let's Show just me the it. money. <laughs> Thank you. Ouch. <laughs> what the Lakers do? Didn't they play like 11 preseason games? I think they went six, and they lost every single one of them. Um, you know why? Because every time they put one of those on television, and one of them, every time they travel somewhere to play, how many of them were home games? I don't know. I bet you four or five were home games. Uh, you well, talk, I'll find out. Three. <laughs> they looked. Uh, they they were three up? home. Three. They're they're five games back in a preseason. If that means anything, <laughs> it doesn't. <laughs> to, to the Sacramento Kings, too. I mean. Tells you a little bit of what preseason matters. Yes. Did Russell ever get his assists over his throws? Uh, he had a crappy preseason. He he didn't make all league preseason. That's for sure. He didn't make all league anything last year. No, well, he continued in the preseason. Good. He shot last year the number that no one's talking about on Russell Westbrook. I think he shot. I don't. I, you have to look it up on Basketball Reference, and I don't have that from you right now. I, I he shot something like sixteen percent of his shots at the rim, down from twenty eight or twenty nine percent the year before. Like if, we'll see, but that the, there's three numbers that I always look at for aging on guards: percentage of shots at the rim, percentage of dunks, like for mid level players. And then your steal or your block rate as a player. Those are the those are the numbers you look to, at least in my mind, that says athleticism is going away. You got a guy with multiple knee surgeries who goes from 32, 33% of his shots at the rim to 17, 18% of his shots at the rim, and I see a big red flag right there. So I'm curious when you look at those numbers, do they change for LeBron? Because the eyeball test tells me he's playing on a perimeter and really picking his spots when to be explosive. When he chooses to be, he still is. But it seems like he's choosing it less. But that's just me watching games no, here right. or there, depending on the Jazz schedule. I mean, my metrics on LeBron's efficiency and my points gained offense metrics I use to judge players has LeBron declining. Okay. Like, he's 38. No, yeah. whatever, Sherlock. But <laughs> he's, he's declining. Like, he's very, very clearly declining. And does that mean that for a two-month period, he can't ramp it up for four out of seven games or probably better ramp it up for, you know, five out of seven? Um, no. And so I've said this about the Lakers the whole time. The way their roster is constructed, their lack of efficiency on offense, how they're built, I think they're going to get to the 64th game of the year, be 34 and 30, and all of a sudden have to play hard 
for the final 20 games of the season to avoid the play-in game. And the question to me is going to be, do they fatigue out or have injuries because they have to push early? But there's, uh, uh, that, that team, and then, the, and then you just get into a playoff question of whether AD and LeBron are so great they can win playoff games. But there's, I may turn out to be wildly wrong here. There's nothing about that team in any of my metrics that clicks into me for the pre, for a regular season. I have them as the ninth best offensive team in the Western Conference. I have them as a 44-win offensive team this year, and that's only if AD has a good year. And he had a bad year last year. All right, with that in mind. The only, the only, I'll add another one. The only way the Lakers have home court in the first round, according to my metrics, is if Anthony Davis is the MVP. So who has home court in the first round then? What are the four teams? Phoenix, Utah, Denver, don't know the fourth. Not Golden State. Golden State and the Lakers on my metrics are not. I don't see it. I don't get it. Um, like the one thing no one's talking about is the clay had started to decline a little bit before his injuries. Now he's going to come back and be a world beater? That just doesn't, the Warriors thing doesn't make any sense to me at all. How they're the number two team in, or number three team in some championship odds, it's just like in the West, like I don't get it. Uh, Phoenix I have as the one seed. Utah I have as the two seed. Denver I think I have as the three seed. Dallas, Portland, Clippers? I got Dallas, but Jason Kidd's the head coach, so who knows? He is the head I have coach. the Clippers still being pretty good. And Paul George. Paul George could have an MVP candidate year pretty easily and there's nobody on that as much as everybody's like Kawhi 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 and there's a and the same thing with Jamal Murray the question is the burden and the fatigue because in the isolated moments Michael Porter Jr. taking Jamal Murray's shots Denver just got better offensively and the question is whether P.J. Dozier and any of their fringe players can actually improve enough to be efficient which they haven't been if they do then Denver's gonna be really good I have Dallas as the number two offense in the Western Conference and so the question is whether Jason Kidd destroys that or not. I just don't know. Um, and then the case in the Clippers, I actually have them as very good because you take Kawhi Leonard's 22 possessions, Nicholas Batum, Marcus Morris Sr., Luke Kennard, Terrence Mann, Reggie Jackson. None of those guys are complaining they have to have two or three more possessions a game. They're, and they were all efficient last year. So I think they'll be fine. The question is just going to be the burden on Jokic, the burden on Paul George, and losing that second primary guy in an 82-game schedule and how much that wears them out and, you know, how many games Paul George plays. DJ, PK, and David Locke join us here, his weekly visit. And, David, I am curious. You talk about the numbers on Russell Westbrook, the finishing at the rim, the stuff you look at in aging guards. What do those numbers tell you about Mike Conley and Joe Ingles and the older guys the Jazz are counting on? So Mike Conley already had his decline. And, fit, and I think that is a little bit of what his struggle was in year one with us. Some of it was understanding Rudy and how to play pick and roll, and two was figuring out how to play as a 33-year-old player. You can figure it out, right? Doesn't mean It just means your game has changed. You've aged. But Mike Conley's rim finishing, I don't know if you want to go to basketball reference and find it, Mike Conley's rim finishing took a serious dive the year before he came to us. And so um, there, that aging process on Mike Conley happened. And then last year, he had a career year from three, one of the better years from three, improved his off-the-bounce three-point shooting and changed his game, I think increased his amount of three-point takes from about 38% of the shots to about 47, 
somewhere in that range. So he evolved as a player, and that's why, you know, you don't see him getting to the rim. You see him taking that floater and playing that game, and it's why it was so – he and Rudy struggled so much in that first year trying to figure out where Mike was getting that shot, how he was getting his shots, because Mike didn't have the burst to get to the rim like he used to. Joe Ingles, I actually have to look. I know a year ago there were no signs. The really interesting one on Ingles was there had yet to be any statistical sign of him of showing those signs, and then he had a career year, um, which was really interesting because it should have shown up. I can't imagine that it shows up now considering the fact that he had such an unbelievable year last year. I mean, he was really, really great last year. I don't I, – I, you know, if you ask me my biggest concern for the Jazz this year, it's how great Joe Ingles was last year, and he could come back to his career norm, which is really, really good. And it would be a significant step back for us because of how great he really was last year. Any indication that that would happen, or you feel confident he'll continue? No, I would think not. I mean, this is like the switch from going from 45% three-point shots at eight or nine attempts to 39%, which are 40%, which I, I, I suspect they'll be numerically, like no emotion, not like talking about Joe, the, like just like, Totally ignoring this as a human being and completely looking at numbers. I project Joe to shoot 39% from three this year. Still on his, being able to get his eight or nine attempts that he got last year, which is the number coming back down a little bit more in career. Usually, I think he's a 40 or 41% three-point shooter who is averaging five or six. Most players, when they go from five or six threes to eight, drop one or two percentage points because they're, you know, we saw with Buddy Heald in Sacramento. It's a good example. We've seen it with Bradley Beal in, in Washington. Usually when they suddenly increase that usage rate, you now suddenly drop. You have that drop in efficiency. Joe did the exact opposite, which is unheard of. That's why I'm talking about how incredibly great his season was last year. I think he went from, and again, you have to check my numbers because I'm not great on always remembering these things perfectly, but conceptually he went from five or six threes a game to seven or eight, and he went from a career 40% three-point shooter to 45. That's unheard of. That was an, That's, you know – that's six man of the year, all like really all star caliber year last year by Joe Ingles. David Locke joined us here on 97.5 and twelve eighty the zone. You follow the Pac twelve, David. Is there anything you would like to enlighten us upon before you dive headlong into the NBA? Can you help Ute fans at all with this Arizona State game? Um, isn't Arizona State really good? That quarterback's really, really good, right? Yep. I mean, like, he kicked the crap out of Stanford last week, so he sure looked good against us. I, I'll tell you what, I give Utah a lot of credit. They did something truly remarkable. They wore a uniform that looked awfully close to Stanford and still were able to play defense at USC. I have never in my life ever seen a team in a uniform that looked like that play any defense at USC in my life. All right. Not entirely true. We've won some big games there, but. Last thing. We, I told PK this in the did last the segment. State, wait, we, did the Washington State coach quit yet or get fired yet? Nope. No. Oh, okay. We I'm are, uh, I'm live at Marley's here, and I've got a very random jazz jersey. Clearly, it came from, uh, it didn't move in a clearance sale. The players now moved on. Can you imagine what former player's jersey is here? If anyone wants to stop by and pick up a jersey at Marley, 1600 North in Linden, broadcasting live till 10 a.m., bottomless French I, toast, bottomless pancakes. Oh, bottomless French toast? We are talking. Yep. Linden, here I come. 
right. So <laughs> former jazz player. Yep. Has moved. Has moved on. Yep. Rand. So would he, when this player was a jazz player, would the jersey have been random even then? Oh, it would have been a little bit of an outlier. Yeah. Okay. Is the player still on a roster? Yes. Have we seen the player in person in the last week? <laughs> oh, come on. You don't get that kind of quiz. Yeah, I'm it's not giving like you that. One of those game shows, man. <laughs> Is the player still active? Yes. Former Jazz player and would have been random. Yes. But, what, uh, but the jersey was sold in the team store. Yes. So random to me would be Tony Bradley. No. Then my other choice would be Grayson Allen. Boom! Winner! There it is. You nailed it. <laughs> I got it the first time, but you wouldn't answer the question. <laughs> That's why I wouldn't answer the question. I didn't, I didn't want you're you to get no it. Fun. Why have we been friends this long? You're no fun at all. I was fun. You're having a good time. You're lying right now. Why are we friends? You lie to me. Because uh, we hung out at the hog wallet 25 years ago. When life was <laughs> <laughs> All right, David, thanks a lot. We appreciate it. Hey, Patrick Kinahan. Yeah. You didn't disappoint me that much. Okay. Phew. Woo. Okay. I just wanted to make sure you could go on with your day without worry. I, you know, I'd hate to have been a burden on your weekend. and I, I thought there was a chance at, like, some real sorrow. Uh, and by the way, how, um, what? At, so if you leave at 10.01 on your drive to play golf in southern Utah this weekend, what time do you arrive? Uh, are cops out? Is it a busy weekend? <laughs> it's probably Friday. Uh, there's some small towns trying to make some money this weekend, I bet. Oh, yeah, uh, right? <laughs> I got my first par by 2.30. All right. <laughs> I, 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 could, I, I might get my first par by tomorrow. <laughs> well, if all, if all goes well. All right. You're a good man, PK. I'll talk to you soon. Okay. All right, there's David Locke, radio voice of the Utah Jazz. Coming up next, we are going to talk Arizona State football with Jordan Simone, Arizona State football radio analyst. We are going to give away tickets to see the Utes and the Sun Devils play, and we will do that in the next segment. So if you've got a little free time tomorrow night, uh, 8 o'clock, you'd like to go to the game, make sure you stick around for the next segment. DJ and PK, we are broadcasting live. Marley's Gourmet Sliders in Linden, just off I-15. It's a 1600 North exit. You go west, you'll be there in about 22 seconds. It is close. And if you need to get through and get your food and get on the way real quick, call in your order. You can pick it up at the drive-thru window, or you could order at the drive-thru window, old school style. They got bottomless pancakes. They got bottomless French toast. They got breakfast sliders, ham, bacon, sausage. Maybe you want to try the pastrami with the egg and the cheese. Also, if you're coming by lunch or dinner, a wide range of sliders, and they're all fantastic. I'm all about the fajita because I like the tri-tip, but you can try the killer. You can try the Lexi. They got a ton of options. And remember with the burgers, they buy pasture-raised, grass-fed, high-quality local beef. 
no hormones, no antibiotics to speed up growth. They are old school. And make sure you check out the shoestring fries while you're here. Marley's in Linden, off I-15, the 1600 North exit, just west. They're in Timpanogos Harley-Davidson on the west end of the building. They got the drive through window going, and they're open tonight until 9 p.m. DJ and PK here at Marley's, and we're giving away... ASU Utah tickets next. Stay with us.